Everyone, this is the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. For those of you who didn't catch last week's show that previewed the free agent class, we announced that Mike Tagliere joined the Fantasy Pros team and is now the co-host of the podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester. Say hi, Tags. What is going on, everybody? Uh, I, I, I just got done doing a Facebook Live segment. It was the first one I did. It was, you know, it's always fun jumping into those things, talking to some people. I know we're going to do some more as the uh, as the weeks go on, but I'm excited to talk about some news. And uh, as a matter of fact, Bobby, I'm sure you're going to announce we just had some news break, like literally right as we pressed record. Yeah, we've got news breaking like as I'm writing up the script for the show right before and as we're meeting here. It's, it's crazy. NFL free agency season is so exciting. Uh, it's fun to take a break from fantasy baseball, which has also been really fun. My job is the best job in the world. But <laughs> anyway, today we're going to be chatting about free agent news, combine results. Mike and I are joined by the fantasy hitman, Mike Wright from the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. For those of you who don't know, Mike has a tremendous beard. And before the show, he brought up Randy Johnson. So I know it's going to be a great show. We're going to have a lot of fun. And because there's two mics, we'll be referring to Tagliere as tags during the show. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Oh, it's going fantastic. You start with a beard compliment. We are off on the right foot. I like where this is going. <laughs> Fellas, there is so much to talk about. I, I hope you two don't have plans for the weekend. I have zero plans. And honestly, I'm, I'm glad this weekend happened. I'm supposed to move in two weeks. So I'm glad this is happening now because yeah. like literally I, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and started seeing alerts on my phone. I'm like, oh, I got to get back to work. As an, <laughs> as an old man, or I guess not old, but middle-aged dad, I, I never have plans. When do very, you become cool middle-aged? <laughs> because like I'm a dad, I've got two kids. I've got another kid on the way. Like at what point do I become middle-aged? Uh, I, when you look at NFL players and we have this, it, it frequently comes up on our show is you realize that you are older than old NFL players. That's yeah. when you start feeling pretty bad. Like there was a moment where I found out I was older than Larry Fitzgerald or not found out, but just the realization. <laughs> and I was like, Oh man, <laughs> what have I done with my life? I think the moment for me, I think you can consider yourself middle-aged when you start calling them kids, when you're like, Oh, this kid's going to be good. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? calling people young man. There you go. Yeah, I'm not quite there yet. I'm really glad I'm not as old as you guys. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the uh, to the breaking news. Alshon just went to the Eagles. What do you guys think? Oh, man, I'm sad as a Bears fan. The Bears losing Alshon Jeffrey. Now, I, I know when we talked about it on the show last time, Bobby. Kevin I told White you, time, it, baby. Yeah, I, t I told you. I felt like Alshon was gone. I felt like there was a disconnect somewhere in it, within the, the front office. But um, to, for him to go to the Eagles to join Torrey Smith, I mean, you go from Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar, and Doriel Green-Beckham to having now Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith lining up outside, and Jordan Matthews in the slot. Not so bad for Carson Wentz. And they might just add Dalvin Cook. Yeah, possibly. It's a monster, monster upgrade. I mean, we were talking about on our, we, we were breaking down, you know, the free agency. The Torrey Smith signing was kind of a womp womp of, you're like, oh, well, that's that's the receiver they're going to go with to uh, pair with uh, Wentz as he moves forward in his career. This is, I mean, this is tremendous. You got a franchise wide receiver. You got a franchise quarterback. Let them grow together. I think it's spectacular. And for me, I love the auxiliary news of, uh, I'm kind of a Jordan Matthews truther. Let him do what he is great at uh, in the in you know running that slot. I, I feel like he just performs so much better there, and uh, it, it lets him just you know be more natural. At, don't force him there. I, uh, what do you guys think of of Jordan Matthews? Do you think he's just a a Chip Kelly product? Are they going to move on from him, or do you like? Do you think that Alshon can can uh, positively affect him? 
I don't know if we could actually say that anybody was a Chip Kelly product. I mean, I think the first year was when, was when thing, the first year was kind of like when things went right, you know, like that's when people like, because of last year, people have tied me to Tory Smith and I'm a Tory Smith fan. And yes, hey, I me do too, like, man. I like Yuck, Tory Smith you as a receiver. Are gross. Hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. If you talk about Tory Smith before he went to San Francisco, Tory Smith was a solid NFL receiver. Am I going to sit here and tell you that he was a number one? Absolutely okay. not. And honestly, this is why I love the move for the Eagles, as Mike was mentioning, that you have Tory Smith now who's able to do his thing. I'm not saying he's just a nine route guy, but he's not a number one receiver. He is a complimentary guy that can work with a possession style receiver like an Alshon Jeffrey. They also have Jordan Matthews underneath. That's why I'm saying I really feel like all these guys are going to be able to do what they need to do because Alshon worked best when he had Brandon Marshall opposite him. You know, Torrey Smith doesn't work well by himself. Jordan Matthews obviously didn't work well by himself. So I I just think that all of them coming together, if they can keep that offensive line intact, cut some more space. I don't know what I I haven't, I haven't heard the Delvin Cook rumors because I've heard Christian McCaffrey. I've, I, I mean, I've heard so many names connected to them, but first they'd have to cut someone like Ryan Matthews. And I don't know if that's something they're going to do. Have you heard anything about this, Mike, about Ryan Matthews, about the running back situation there? Are they moving not, forward with Wendell Smallwood? I haven't heard any rumors. I, I feel like it's a kind of just a natural progression, common sense thing. I b- believe when I looked at it, he's owed $5 million. Uh, if they cut him, it would only be a $1 million dead cap. He's coming off of a pretty bad neck injury that, that, uh, that people seem to have forgotten happened. Uh, and I, I am team. I'm like the captain of Team Ryan Matthews. So it would be sad for me if they cut him. But I, it's, I think that it's, it's the natural thing for them. They were already strapped uh, in their cap position, and I know that teams can do some magical things here and there with uh, with contracts of everybody. But I, th- I feel like uh, Ryan Matthews will be a natural cut since they have they have come out and said they're going to keep Sproles. So if you go with Sproles and Smallwood, I'm not sure if that's enough to get it done, but you're going to need some money for Alshon. I can't figure out why the Eagles are adding all these wide receivers when they've got Doriel Green-Beckham, who's the best player ever. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I, think, I think you can now count two NFL teams that have given up on him, right? Yeah. Yep. All right, next breaking news. Uh, this one happened just an hour ago. Brock Osweiler is headed to the Browns. Tags, can you explain the dynamics of this one? Hold on. So this is hilarious. Like this is something that literally I stopped and I I laughed out loud to myself. I went explain, I, did too. <laughs> I, went, I went and explained it to my wife and I, I was actually part of a group chat where I said and everybody's like Oswald for the Browns and they're like oh what a dumb move by the Browns. I'm like no this is genius. Like what they've done they had a hundred million dollars in cap room. So what they did the Texans said basically we want you to take Brock Osweiler and we'll give you a second pick just to take him off of our books. The Browns said. We have to spend part of this cap anyways. So yes, bring him on. Give us that second round pick. And it's meanwhile, it's eating up $18 million of their cap. There's rumors now that they just pulled like an NBA style trade where they're going to cut Brock Osweiler and they're just going to eat that money. And it's so essentially like they paid, is it 16 or $18 million for a second round pick, which is actually pretty smart in today's NFL. Would you cut Osweiler or would you give him a chance? I mean, it's Cleveland. Like he's the best quarterback that's been there in 20 years, right? <laughs> I think that they're going to be drafting a quarterback personally. I think that, I mean, you have to think they have two first round picks. They have two second round picks. It's the same thing. Uh, and, and next year, I think they have two firsts and three seconds. So you have to imagine they're going to be drafting a quarterback somewhere in there. I do think that this year that they can, it seems like there's not going to be so many teams attacking the quarterback position early in the draft where the Browns, they could either go at 12 or they could wait till the beginning of the second round and take 
their potential franchise quarterback there and kind of just roll between Cody Kessler and that quarterback for now. I don't know if Brock Osweiler ever sees the field for the Browns. Do you think Brock Osweiler ever starts again, Mike? Uh, no, he would. I think he'll he'll latch on to someone as a backup. He hasn't the skill set that he can come in for a spot start here and there. But I think it's it's clear you have paired him with one of the elite wide receivers in the league. You paired him with a good running back, a good coach, and he just couldn't get the job done. So it's it to me the the ship has now sailed on starting Brock Osweiler, but I I guess it's a, a wanting to watch the world burn type of situation of trade for him and then cut him and just say we're just gonna eat your contract. I mean that's uh that's not very NFL like, <laughs> but it I mean it reminds me of basketball uh, a lot. But I I agree with you. I don't think Brock will start for the Browns. I would just if I'm the Browns. And you don't take uh, one of the quarterbacks with your earlier uh, one of your earlier picks. It's just see what Cody Kessler can do. He showed a little bit, a little bit enough that I want to see more of him before you completely dump him. I would rather see Kessler uh, over Brock Osweiler, especially if I was a Cleveland Brown fan. I'm with Mike 100% on that. I just wanted to chime in and say, yeah, I think you're 100% correct on the, the whole Kessler-Osweiler thing. I'd rather have him play Kessler too. Um, and me, by the way, guys, we, we heard about this Alshon Jeffrey news as soon as like literally you were pressing record. So I figured I'd let you know. It's only a one-year deal for Alshon Jeffrey. What? what? That's what I'm seeing right now on Eagles. This is the official Eagles Twitter page. Alshon Jeffrey have, has agreed to terms on a one-year deal. For, wow. is, does it have the, the monetary value? It doesn't have it on here yet, but by saying Does one year, he realize deal, he has soft tissue issues. Like <laughs> he could be done after a year. Yeah, it's basically them saying you need to prove to us that you can stay healthy for a whole year before we actually commit to you long term. And maybe they get that extension towards the end of the season. You know, maybe that's what they're aiming for. But that on his part, I think that's dumb on his part. You would think somebody would have offered him like five years, eighty million. Why not just wait for that? I mean, even if it's the 49ers, like take the eighty million dollars and go play for a loser. Yeah, take the cut. Take I mean, even if you have to go down to like 13 million a year, get the guaranteed money. I, I don't I don't know why you would do that, but he's betting on himself and I guess you can't fault him for that, right? I don't know, man. I don't know. I would if I was Alshon Jeffrey, I would not bet on my soft tissue. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, Mike, apparently Tony Romo um is going to be cut. Where do you think he's going to end up? They're talking about the Texans, the Broncos. Is it maybe a mystery team? For me, I'm still holding out hope that it's the Broncos. And I, think, I feel like the last rumor I'd heard was that Dallas almost has a trade completely done. And we were hearing about that kind of right before the Brock Osweiler news broke. So the, the natural connection is that the Texans will get him. Uh, but it, to me, it's it comes down to those two teams. If you're Tony Romo, I th- the team, either situation A, the team is going to do right by you and trade you to a team that you at least want to go to, or... They're going to cut you and you're going to go to a team that you want to go to. And it's not going to be a loser team. Like I, There's no situation where I see Tony Romo ending up quarterbacking the Jets. He's going to go to someone who could immediately turns into a contender. And both the Texans and the Broncos immediately turn into a contender uh, for, for the National Football League. And if he goes, that why I want him to go to the Broncos, just get... Demaryius Thomas, get Emmanuel Sanders back up to that level that we know they can play at where they're both just nearly elite, elite yeah. options. And I, I, the Texas is not bad. At least we, we would get DeAndre Hopkins back and, and you know, Will Fuller will get a, a bit of a boost because Romo is deep ball. I, I would uh, depend on that a lot more than Brock Osweiler's deep ball. So, But it, to me, it just boils down to those two teams. 
Tags, why would the Broncos be trying to acquire him? They just spent a first-round pick on Paxton Lynch. Yeah, I think Paxton Lynch is viewed as like the long-term guy. I think what they've seen from him so far is that he's extremely raw. He has that natural talent. It's almost like if you go back to like a Jay Cutler type thing where you, you know he has the tools. It's just, are we going to rush him into the starting job? And I think John Elway being you know the future quarterback that he was, he can kind of look at these things and say, I don't think Paxton Lynch is ready. I think our team is, is still set up to win a championship. And I really do feel like that the Broncos should have gone hard after Tony Romo. If they lose out on Tony Romo to the Texans, this is on John Elway. This is almost like him just dragging his feet, saying that we're content moving forward with Trevor Simeon next year and Paxton Lynch, two guys that have proven nothing to you as a franchise, you know. And the Texans were a team before this all started. The Texans were almost saying, no, we're not going after Tony Romo. That's not happening. But it, apparently, that was a smokescreen. Uh, and it, with everything lining up with Brock Osweiler the way it is, it really does seem like the Texans are the team that's going to land Tony Romo. And as you and I talked about on last podcast, Bobby, you were saying the Texans would be a good fit. And I actually happen to agree. I think that they're a better fit for Tony Romo with their offensive line already intact. Now, the the Broncos signed Ron Leary today from the Cowboys. He was a free agent. It was a massive pickup. He's a great run-blocking guard. So that that's great for the Broncos' offensive line, but he's known as more of a run-blocker than he is a pass-blocker. So for me... I really do think that Romo to the Texans makes a lot of sense, but my concern there is that their secondary just lost two important pieces today, and we don't know if they're going to be the same. Now, granted, they're going to get J.J. Watt back. Will he be the same player? We don't know. But at the same time, I think both teams make a lot of sense. I, I do think it comes down to the, the Broncos or the Texans. Some people have mentioned the Bears, but the Bears are biz, busy spending $15 million on Mike Glennon, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, you're so, Mike, Mike Glennon hater. Oh God, I'm not okay. So I'm not a hater, but my my issue with it is that I wanted to do what a normal franchise does. I wanted to I wanted the Bears to just re-sign Brian Hoyer or even roll with Cutler for one more year, draft Trubisky, you know, in the draft, maybe trade back because you don't. I don't think you need to take him uh, in the top five where they're drafting. But uh, I, I'm just I'm sad is what I am. I, I don't think that I don't think NFL teams let franchise quarterbacks go. I think that this guy's been sitting on the bench. He was there when they drafted Jameis Winston, this coaching staff. He's gone through multiple coaching staffs now, and none of them have wanted him, you know? So for me, Mike Glennon being picked up by the Bears, I think has less upside than people think. I would rather draft a quarterback. And while the Bears are saying that this doesn't mean we won't draft a quarterback, we're not saying that because it's essentially a two-year deal from what I'm hearing. So I do hope that's the case, but... um. I'm I'm inter- I'm I'm very interested for Tony Romo to see where he lands though. I can't for the life of me understand why the Chicago Bears are doing what they're doing. Like, why don't they take a hint out of the NBA playbook and just suck really bad for like three or four years until Dylan McCaffrey comes out of the NCAA and then they can get a really good quarterback? Like that's what the Philadelphia 76ers are doing, and then they ended up with Joel Embiid. Um, I mean, I understand in, in NFL there's so much more scrutiny and everything, but like. Isn't there more scrutiny when you're a mediocre team for 15 years? It's really hard to keep your job as a coach, though. I mean, with, the public is, does not tolerate that anymore. You you yeah. stink. I mean, look at San Francisco. I mean, they're they're just they're whipping through coaches like no one's business. Now they, I don't expect that to happen with Shanahan. They've given him far too much money. But coaches just you're one if you stink for one year. I mean, they might get rid of you. That we've got we have breaking news, fellas. I know. I just saw it, and I'm I am so mad. You go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Mike. I, I want to see if it's the same one I'm talking about. All right, we have some breaking news. I mean, the news is just going to continue to break, but this is actually a break from the free agency news yep. and maybe related to a previous signing. We, uh, if, 
if you didn't see, Danny Woodhead has ended up with the Baltimore Ravens. I thought that was just an unbelievably spectacular grab. I love Danny Woodhead. His skill set is fabulous. However, breaking news from Adam Schefter, Kenneth Dixon is suspended for the first four games for violating the NFL policy on PEDs. Mm-hmm. That is whoa, so sad whoa. for me. Are you a big Kenneth Dixon guy? Big believer, man. I'm an even bigger believer in Kenneth Dixon than Jake Seeley is, and he's talking about him like every five tweets. <laughs> I love. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a Kenneth Dixon fan as well, and I just need to break the news here. Last night, when the news broke about Danny Woodhead, I went straight to the Kenneth Dixon owner in one of my dynasty leagues and said, what do I got to pay to get Dixon? He's like, well, why do you want him? They just took Woodhead. I'm like, oh, I'm, I believe in his talent long term. I could set my team up down the future. I traded. Uh, oh, no. And I still, I, still, hold oh, on, no. I still believe I won that. So you guys give me your input on this. I traded away Paul Perkins, a third round pick and a fifth round pick for Kenneth Dixon and a fourth round. I don't, I, you won. Yeah, you I won, dude. I don't mind that at all. Paul Perkins might have short term value this season. I don't think he can be the answer, but I'm, I, I also believe in Kenneth Dixon's talent that he can be a three-down guy. Now, yes. it, it's all the, the talk out of Baltimore is weird. I mean, you have the up and down of earlier in the offseason, it was our running backs are not good enough. We have to get a guy who can get it done. Then I know a couple of weeks later, Harbaugh is like, oh, yeah, I know Kenneth Dixon. He can be just so great. So we're, we're not exactly sure what the Ravens think of him, but now – this is already on his record. Danny Woodhead is there for at least a year or two. This is this is not good for his short-term value. <laughs> it is definitely I'll tell you not what, ideal. Kenneth Dixon is going to be drafted around 140, 150 this year in drafts with this suspension news. That's great news for me. I'm going to be gobbling him up. I mean, cuz after 4 weeks he gets the job, right? You would think so. I don't I'm I'm of the mindset that I don't think Danny Woodhead's going to walk in and just do what Danny Woodhead has done for many years. Danny Woodhead's 32 years old. He's he's missed two of the last 3 seasons. He may not be the same player. Now granted, he's that scrappy little white guy that, you know, that 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 never goes away and I get that. And I if there's anybody that could probably bounce back from missing two of the last 3 seasons, it's probably somebody a running back like Danny Woodhead, but at the same time, I'm with you, though, Bobby. If Kenneth Dixon is drafted outside the top 10 rounds in fantasy drafts, I think he's a steal for the zero RB guys um, just yeah. because you're getting a guy that could potentially have that starting gig. I don't think that Danny Woodhead is a 15-touch guy in the NFL. I also don't think uh, Terrence West is somebody that they wanted to be carrying the torch for them. I think they were trying to ease Kenneth Dixon in, uh, but he's kind of blown a big opportunity here. It's really disappointing. Despite Terrence West getting the original round tender, I mean, that's a third round tender, so clearly Baltimore values him at least a little bit, and they were, West was, he was okay in that in that early down roll. Yeah, no, and that's the thing, it's like he started out well, but then he he really tailed off. Like, I was looking at it in the games that he succeeded, it was really against some bad run defenses. I don't know if it was the Ravens uh, misjudging his talent over the season because I think those who clearly who watched Kenneth Dixon and Terrence West you could clearly see who the better running back was it just felt like okay we're not going to fully commit to the rookie just yet and this whole Danny Woodhead signing now four game suspension it's just not looking it's not looking very good guys a few more news items here uh, not super big but really interesting you're going to be disappointed tags AJ Bowie to the Jaguars for 13.5 per year uh, I'm really excited about that because I adopted the Jaguars as my team when the St. Louis Rams ditched us and went to Los Angeles. And now they've got Jalen Ramsey and Bowie on the outside. That's going to be a lot of fun. I, um, Boye deserved a big contract. So he really did. And then the Bears were going after Stefan Gilmore. Apparently they were trying to make a run at Boye. It didn't happen. 
the Jaguars defense is legit. Now, I'm sure, Mike, you could agree with me on this. Calais Campbell signed with them today. Uh, Jalen Ram- Ramsey looks like the real deal. Now they're adding Boye to the mix. Like this just seems like a team that if they can get a quarterback, they are really set. And I think a lot of people are starting to say that they believe that the Jaguars are going to draft a quarterback in the first or a running back in the first round. I really don't put it past them on taking a quarterback. Everything else in that team is really, really lining up. And I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it, Mike. Uh, they, the Jaguars win the offseason yet again. I mean, what are we, like three years running now? That, that This is their time that they really shine. Uh, the Calais Campbell get, that's, that's an unbelievably, that's a big deal. Yes. I mean, he's still spectacular. He has a few years left of, of elite level play. Yeah, them getting a running back, I think, would just be gross mismanagement to me. You have still Ivory. That contract was extremely bloated, but Ivory is a guy to me, when he's healthy, can still produce. Now, the health is, I mean, that's usually more missed than it is, is hit. I think that would be ridiculous. I am of the belief that, that they should give Blake Bortles at least one more shot. Agreed. I know the the news came from him that he was saying, well, he played through a twice separated shoulder, some elbow tendonitis. It that makes sense when you're watching the film on him when his arm. I mean, that talk about the loop de loop motion of his elbow. He was almost going full Tim Tebow with his throwing motion last year. So if they can tighten that up, I would still give him uh, uh, the chance, but. It, like I said, this is now the, the third year or so that they're just winning the offseason. And teams that win the offseason, remember the, the Eagles, uh, what if Vince Young dubbed them the dream team or something like that? I mean, <laughs> these 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 teams that generally win the offseason don't win the regular season. Uh, so it's it remains to be seen. But but if, if if all those players on paper, if you're playing paper football, give me the Jaguars defense. Uh, the other news that just came across my news feed, Julius Thomas signs with Dolphins. Not really important for fantasy, but what do you guys think? Well, Julius Thomas, was that part of that deal that was like with Brandon Albert yes. being shipped over to Jacksonville? Um, well, it, was, no. it was not a trade. They made it very clear. It was not a trade, but it was just a one guy went to the other team and this guy went to that team and then some draft picks <laughs> were moved. Well, but it's official they, now. They did not trade the players, though. Well, I, I honestly, I think this is going to work. I, I think that the Dolphins probably worked out. They, I mean, they, they got the worst end of this deal. I'm not a Julius Thomas guy. I think that if you look at his career outside of Peyton Manning, he's been extremely reliant on the red zone work. And honestly, I, I just don't know what Miami felt the need to go out and get him for. I felt like Deion Sims did a great job towards the end of the season. I feel like he's a younger option, a more dependable option. And then, you know, now they bring back Kenny Stills. So they're essentially wanting to field the same team at Julius. Thomas minus Deion Sims, and I don't know if that's necessarily an improvement for a Miami Dolphins team. I, 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 I are you guys Julius Thomas fans? Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I was, I was never a believer in in the the contract that he got. I thought he was he was a product of of Peyton Manning. However, I mean, you have to connect the dots. Of Adam Gase was there too when Peyton Manning was there, so Adam Gase was at least involved in the offensive scheming to get Julius Thomas the ball. Now, that was many, many moons ago for, for a guy who is oft injured. But to get, uh, to get Ryan Tannehill a, another a reliable red zone, you know, end zone target, uh, I like it. I, it's not, uh, I'm, I'm not going to run out and draft him. I mean, Julius Thomas belongs on the waiver wire until he, he proves otherwise. But I think that the move is, is satisfactory, though. But I am with you, Tags, that I was uh, hoping for Deion Sims to re-up 
and then it just it looked like uh, it, it was clicking for Deion Sims. And I was a I was one of those guys who thought that Jordan Cameron was became somewhat interesting because of Adam Gase and his use of the tight end over his career. So Julius Thomas will be at least worth a uh, a one eyed out the side of of my face look. <laughs> but that's that, that's that's pushing it, I guess. I think you guys are really overstating Gase's presence in the locker room and uh, and Peyton Manning as the quarterback. I think we all know that Tim Tebow's lingering spirit is the reason why. <laughs> well, I mean, out. I mean, I still on my championship teams when I go to the championship, I drop somebody. You go the mojo. Up, yeah, of course. No, <laughs> no. You want to hear a fun stat on Julius Thomas? It was a stat that I had. I knew I had it somewhere. In his 21 games with the Jaguars, he topped 28 yards just six times. Yeah, that's not his wow. not his strength. No, wow. it, it, no, definitely not. It, that's the thing is Julius Thomas to me. He's just a, he's a guy and a, a guy that can't stay healthy at that. Guys, I want to pop back over to the uh, the Tony Romo to to Houston really quick. If he does go to Houston, are you taking DeAndre Hopkins with Tony Romo or Alshon now with the Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, Hopkins all day. Are we talking just next year? Yeah, just next year. Oh man, Hopkins jumps the the hype that Hopkins was getting last year where people were going nuts and saying, well, I'm taking Hopkins over A.J. Green, right. which, I mean, it was ridiculous. I still wouldn't do that. However, if you want to tell me that this year Antonio Romo is the quarterback, I'll say, well, okay, that, that's fine with me. I, I probably wouldn't do it, but that, that's okay. I mean, Hopkins jumps right back into that, uh, just off the top of my head, you know, that, that top six, top five discussion. I just went through my first MFL 10 draft, and I got both of them, so I'm feeling pretty psyched right now. We'll see how uh, well. I also got Kenneth Dixon, so I'm, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of kind of mixed feelings over here. Now Schefter's reporting teams have already reached out to the Browns to inquire about Brock Osweiler's availability. Hold on what? a second. Hold Who second. is no, doing no, that? No, no, Mike. Mike, hold on a second. So Ian Rappaport literally like three minutes later says the Browns are planning on cutting Brock Osweiler. A source said, "Of course, if someone will trade for him, <laughs> <laughs> if they you get can, another pick." You can't make this stuff up. I, I kid you not. This you cannot ridiculous. make it up. Yeah. <laughs> Who would these teams be? I don't like, know. Maybe someone thinks that he can be a starting pitcher. Like spring training is going on. I, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> the, uh, maybe Jets. the Phillies are reaching out for him or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Jets. Oh, man. For real. Yeah. I don't know, man. It is uh, Brock Osweiler, man. That is a funny story. Yes. Um, also, Jay Cutler kind of. Uh, how do you feel about this, Tags? I mean. He was released. Is he going to go to the Jets? I know you're an old Bears fan, so tell us what you think. Yeah, I'm a Bears fan, and um, I'm also not a Jay Cutler hater like most Bears fans are. I think that Jay has been a little unfairly hated. Um, I think he's had his ups and downs like most quarterbacks have. He's not an elite quarterback. He's not a below average. I think he's an average to above average NFL starting quarterback, but he has his moments, and that's the thing. Whatever team he goes to, I think it's a, it's a stopgap situation where you're just looking to get by to show your fan base that you're not giving up on the season. That's why... For me, I was okay if the Bears wanted to hold him for a year while they drafted a quarterback. I also think a good fit for him would be to go out to Los Angeles and um, kind of give Jared Goff a little competition. I think that the LA, I think the LA should look into it. Potentially just bring in Cutler there. Just on a, he's not going to get big money or anything like that. But the team that he's being rumored to right now the most is the Jets. That's a good fit. I, I like the fit with the uh, the Los Angeles Rams and and pushing Jared Goff. Although. If Jay Cutler does start a game, he might get killed because their offensive line is that bad. <laughs> they've, made, they, they've made some improvements. They did. They added Whitworth, yeah. didn't they? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah they you're did. right. They did make some improvements, but 
Uh, I don't know. Maybe they should add Cutler just to make sure Goff doesn't get hurt this year. Just give him another year of safety and uh, and, and work harder on fixing that problem because it was not looking good for Goff last year. He was falling down all over the place. He was scared to death. He really was. Yeah, yeah. his and his. I mean, you just if you want to just box score watch him, it is it is <sighs> abysmal. What I mean, mm. if you give him that sixteen game pace, it's like you're talking about Alex Smith numbers except high interceptions and no rushing yards. So, I mean, it's just, it's a disaster <laughs> yeah. for him. Did you guys see this uh, speculation uh, report here? It's a, another Adam Schefter. This is the Adam Schefter hour, apparently. Uh, but Terrell Pryor will visit Washington. I saw that too, and I think it's a, it's interesting because you got to think, would Terrell Pryor want to go there knowing that Kirk Cousins is asking for a... He, being he's asking for a release, he wants to be well, traded. Alleged, alleged, that's still rumors. That's I still, still rumors. I, I, to I me. still believe it though, because Cousins, you could just tell, like you know, when you when you run up to your owner on the field and say you like that, you know, you're just you're 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 showing like you really just don't give a crap. Yeah, like in Terrell Pryor, for me, I'm going to throw this out there. So one of the the transactions that happened today was Kenny Britt signed with the Browns. Okay, I wrote an article on it, and it's up now, but. I believe that there was an offer on the table of the exact same thing for Terrell Pryor, but that Terrell Pryor didn't want to take $8 million a year. He wants $10 million a year, and he walked away from it. Therefore, they were like, okay, we're moving on. We're signing the similarly aged player in Kenny Britt, um, who has more game tape than you do. And I, I think that... Terrell Pryor is starting to realize that the market is not what he thought it was going to be for him. I mean, he really only has a handful of games on his resume where he was actually anything. It's funny. I was actually, when I did my article today, um, I, I, I listed a chart on there basically saying what Terrell Pryor was with Corey Coleman in the lineup and what he was without. So get this. He, in the six games without Coleman, 432 yards, three touchdowns, 73 fantasy points. In 10 games without Coleman, with when he was or, or with Coleman in the lineup, 575 yards, one touchdown, 63 fantasy points. So he scored less points with Coleman on the field in 10 games than he did without Coleman in the six games. Do you it, happen it, to have yeah. the the quarterback breakdown during those times? The quarterback breakdown it was it was actually a mix because for the first um, for the first two games they had RG three. And that's when Corey Coleman, uh, it was a two touchdown game at the start. Terrell Pryor didn't really do anything there. And then Cody Kessler was in for almost the entire time while Corey Coleman was out. So therefore, Terrell Pryor actually had better targets with him out of the lineup too. So I guess that could factor into it as well. Yeah, to, to me, Terrell Pryor going to Washington, I think I, I, I would love it. And because and I'm a, a Kirk Cousins guy. Uh, to Me pair too. him, pair him with Josh Doxson, and then you have Crowder, uh, rocking the <laughs> slot. I mean that that's that, that's another potent offense. And, and to me, and I mean, we're getting into you know the weeds of of who knows. But with Kirk Cousins, like I don't blame him. I don't and the, all the speculation of him, you know, asking for a trade when you're when you feel like you're a franchise quarterback. Uh, your metrics back that up. I believe Washington, the last, uh, it was a stat from uh, Gelhar, I think he would talk about Washington as the sixth most, win, sixth, sixth most wins. That's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> sixth most wins in the last two years. I mean, Cousins is, is a, to me, a stable franchise quarterback, but your team is, is playing hardball, being cheap with you. Then I don't, I don't blame him for feeling like he wants to, 
to be out. However, if a contract came in from that same team that said, we're going to give you $22 million a year and here's a long-term contract, I think those feelings would go, oh, well, okay, well, good. I'm going to sign this contract and, uh, <laughs> and I'll be your franchise quarterback. Uh, but, so, but Terrell Pryor there, I mean, with losing Deshaun Jackson and Garcon, I think Pryor would be a, a pretty solid replacement. You just get that, at least you have the speed of Deshaun Jackson, a big body speed guy on the outside to pair with Doxon. I'm not that excited about Pryor going to Washington or to any team. I think that he's uh, a good fourth wide receiver or a bad third wide receiver on a standard team. I mean, we were talking about the Browns, right? Kind of goes with the stat that Tags was saying. I actually thought that Kenny Britt was a better asset than Terrell Pryor. So it's interesting that we get to see how he does in Cleveland. But I want to ask about Kirk Cousins. Like, doesn't he realize that if he gets traded, the team that wants him the most is the 49ers. I mean, that's a far worse situation for him, right? It's a big rebuild uh, over there in San Francisco, but uh, it's Kyle Shanahan, who has worked mysterious, wondrous magic, especially uh, with his quarterbacks. There was once upon a time, uh, I'll take you way back, to a when a man named Matt Schaub was leading the league in yardage, and, and you heard me right. I said Matt Schaub, and, and Kyle Shanahan was involved in that. I just I think that uh, it's and it's familiar familiarity. Well, I cannot speak on your guys' podcast. I don't know. That's what a really hard word, I though. I would just never try to, to say that word on a podcast. <laughs> he is very familiar <laughs> with uh, Kyle Shanahan <laughs> and the system, so it's it's not this steep learning curve. You get to go back with your main man, Pierre Garcon. I mean, it's 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 as far as a transition goes I would rather be on Washington I think their offense they're set up to succeed and you don't have to deal with the NFC West uh which you know you have the Cardinals and the Seahawks is just that who should be good for years to come but it I don't think it's a it's a a terrible move for him to go I mean there's far worse situations that Washington could put him in yeah now more news from Schefter the Raiders Latavius Murray is scheduled to visit Seattle now, Tags, you and I are, are not very uh, intrigued by Murray. We don't think that he's going to be uh, a feature back at all for the rest of his career. But do you think he would start for Seattle? I think that's an awful idea. Um, <laughs> on, on both, on, on not, not just not not Latavius' Murray part. I mean, he's going to go anywhere that they'll pay him. But on Seattle's part portion, yes. like Latavius Murray struggled behind a Oakland offensive line that was top five in run blocking. I have this stat. Actually, I have this spreadsheet open, which is fantastic. Oakland running backs averaged 1.73 yards before contact. So That's to see, great. so yeah, so it was it was towards the top, like the top portion of the league, where Latavius Murray averaging his you know four yards per carry that he did doesn't look so good. Meanwhile, in Seattle, those running backs were averaging just over 1.3 yards before contact. So they were they were definitely in the bottom 10 there. We know their offensive line isn't good. They haven't done anything to address it. Latavius Murray, he, he's a plotter, unfortunately. You know, he's a guy that he had these massive measurables, like the guys that you look at the combine and you say, wow, this guy should be a star in the NFL. He has like, you know, that Adrian Peterson type body, you know, uh, the speed. And he hasn't shown it in the last two years with the workhorse. He's had plenty of opportunities. No, no running back that is looking to to do well would want to go to the Seahawks right now at the state of that offensive line. Well, then he's got to deal with his competition. My yeah, man CJ yeah. Goatsice up there who's going to take care of that <laughs> starting position. So that would be a terrible move by Latavius Murray if his plan is to play football. I think this is uh, more along the lines of a smokescreen by Seattle. Uh, because Adrian Peterson has come out and said that he would like to play for the Raiders or the Seahawks, right? And so maybe they're just trying to say, hey, 
um, you know, we want Latavius Murray. So if you want to come here, you're going to have to take a pay cut because wouldn't he rather go to Seattle than Oakland? I mean, there's a better chance to win a Super Bowl title with Seattle. So maybe they're just playing games with AP. Well, I heard uh, there was a rumor of um, Jamal Charles going to Seattle earlier yeah. on. And that one, that one actually maybe they'll get more, more three running backs. <laughs> <laughs> that one made more sense to me, though, because what he can do out of the backfield, he wants to go to a contender. It all makes sense. But Latavius Murray wouldn't see the field there. So on Seattle's yeah. part, it wouldn't it wouldn't make any sense at all. It's the same thing with the whole Adrian Peterson connecting the dots there to Seattle. That wouldn't make any sense at all. Guys, more breaking news. And this is weird because we're getting a lot of breaking news that's not free agent related. Suspended linebacker Aldon Smith reportedly in a crash involving a police car. Uh, oh, this is just on, terrible, man. man. This This guy's a wreck. It's it's not going well for Al. <laughs> Life is not going well for Alden Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Yeah, there's, there's not much you can say about him. No, just, there's uh, not. It, yeah. it's, there's been too many things that have happened with him that I, I've lost all hope. Let's move on to some other free agent news then. Brandon Marshall was cut uh, as re- was requested by him, which is great for the Jets to be able to go out and do that. And he's staying in New York. He's going to play for the New York Giants. Uh, how does he fit in with Odell Beckham and, uh, and Sterling Shepard there? Well, it's it could be a little bit trepidatious. Uh, you have it depends on which Brandon Marshall shows up. Uh, we know that Beckham is uh, fiery, to put it mildly, and Brandon Marshall has those uh, same aspects of of his character. Hopefully, you know the Brandon Marshall's in in a good place. I like the move for him as far as personally. If you want, he doesn't have to upset his life. I mean, he doesn't have to move. He gets to continue working on his television career so it's a it's a wise move by him uh his we we argue on on the footballers a lot about does does Brandon Marshall still have it uh Andy on the show he he doesn't believe Brandon Marshall's really lost anything I think that he's wrong (laughs) you can tell him I said that (laughs) I I argue more of what you're talking about of I think I think that the the decline will come rapidly for him but for him to at least come out and verbally say, I am the two on this team. He's not coming in with any uh, braggadocious of, well, me and me and Odell Beckham, we're going to be one and one A type of a situation when you had, uh, uh, was that Ocho and T.O. for the Bengals. I mean, you have a guy who knows, seems like he knows who he is at this point. And Eli Manning really needs somebody else. I know Sterling Shepard flashed at times, but that offense you could see when they would just absolutely putter. Talk about a guy who looks scared all the time behind his offensive line, even though he shouldn't. It was Eli Manning was was hearing ghost steps frequently and just yeah. and, and they couldn't get things done. So I, this is a tremendous move for the Giants. I don't know if it's going to move the needle too much for me on Eli's fantasy output because he, he's another guy who I think that the wheels could come off uh, very, very quickly, and it might even happen this season. Uh, b- but- I would argue it happened like four years ago. I don't think he's very good. His career. <laughs> so hold on. So yeah. yeah, Eli Manning, I think he's a fantastic MFL 10 target. He's one of the most streaky quarterbacks in football, knowing when and when not he's going to step up. You don't know that. And they're literally, I've tried to find 
trends in what he does, and there is no trend. He is just a streaky quarterback, and I like this move from a football standpoint. I think it's good for the Giants. Brandon Marshall typically has his honeymoon phase in in year one with a new team, so that's going to be fine. Now, for him saying, oh, it's okay, I'm the number two, I'd argue that he's the number three in this offense. Um, Obviously, obviously Odell Beckham's the number one, but Sterling Shepard, he plays the slot, and Eli Manning, over the course of his career, it's something I've paid close attention to, he targets his slot wide receivers a lot. It's something that, the, the reason that I was arguing that Beckham had a slow start to his season is because the Giants weren't using him out of the slot, creating those mismatches. As the season went on, they started bumping up his numbers and you started to see him produce. That's the same reason that Sterling Shepard was able to produce. In the past, you've seen other slot receivers produce with Eli Manning. So for me, I started going through the offense with Ben McAdoo over the last few years that he's been there. And the wide receivers garner somewhere around the 55 to 60% of the target mark. That is way off from what Brandon Marshall has seen the last two years with the Jets. The Jets, their number the last two years with Marshall there has been 68.9% of targets go to the wide receiver position. The tight ends might as well not even exist. I'm not kidding. I think that this past season it was 30, it may have been 30 targets that went to tight ends all year. Um, so when I look at it, I say it how was many targets? 5.4, sorry to cut you off, but it was 5.45% of the team targets went to the tight end position. There you the go. Jets. There you go. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it was nothing. So when you figure out the Giants and what they do, there's talks about them adding a tight end in the draft. I think I just saw something that they signed Rhett Ellison. But let's, let's estimate, let's put it around the last few years, 350 targets for the wide receivers. Where are those targets going to go? You know, you figure Odell Beckham's got to get 150, right? Um, This year he was at 169. So I don't want to take any away from him, but let's say he gets 150. Then you're talking about 200 targets between Shepard and Marshall. That's without adding any fourth, fifth wide receiver. These numbers and when you do projections, they have to go somewhere. And I think Brandon Marshall is going to be pushing to get 100 targets. I think that's his cap. And with his production on a per target basis is weak. I talked about it on the Facebook live this uh, earlier today that we saw declines over the recent, the recent years, Roddy white, Andre Johnson, they both saw rapid decline. Once they hit age 33, that's when their decline happened. What else did they have in common? They both played with all pro wide receivers, Julio Jones and Deandre Hopkins. Now we're seeing Brandon Marshall go to a team that has Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard. Someone, another wide receiver, they used a, a very high pick on, I think this is the end for Brandon Marshall. I do think he has a little bit of game left, but at the same time, he's going to be drafted as a wide receiver two at minimum, and that is not a price I'm willing to pay at all. I do think it is the end for Brandon Marshall, but an end for Brandon Marshall is still a nice fantasy player as far as I'm concerned. We're talking about a guy who's top 20 all time in receiving yards per game. That's more than Larry Fitzgerald. It's more than Randy Moss, and he's been consistent every single year since 2007 until last year. Besides the one injured year in there, he had over a thousand receiving yards and he had nobody throwing in the ball last year. I think he bounces back here. I, I get what you're saying about the targets and a lot going to Odell. They're not going to take him away, but I think Brandon Marshall can still play guys. That's the thing is I don't think that Marshall's done it. And I've been a big, huge fan of Brandon Marshall for some time, but his yards after the catch has gone down. Like that's what he's relied upon. He's a big wide receiver. He's six, four over 220 pounds. Like that's a body that just takes a beating over time. We saw Calvin Johnson walk away before it happened to him. Um, and yes, Brandon Marshall was one of the most consistent, probably underappreciated fantasy wide receivers for a long time. Um, he finished top 30 every year up until 2014. And if you guys remember, Mike, I'm, I'm sure you do. Like, we look at this stuff nonstop. 
he was number 34 wide receiver in 2014 with the bears that, and some people actually pointed to his decline. Then the injuries started to pile up. He didn't look like the same player. Alshon Jeffrey was the better guy in the field. We saw a big leap in 2015, but then in 2016, he came back down to earth. That's why I just see a trend in his game. That's not going in the right direction. Yeah. It, it to me, it's going to come down to those injuries where they, will they derail him? I think there will be enough wide receiver targets to go around for both Beckham and Brandon Marshall. And I think that they help each other. I mean, this year, Brandon Marshall, yeah, he was dealing with the injuries, but he was also dealing with an injury to his his uh, wide receiver too. And Eric Decker, who is a great wide receiver, uh, you took him off the field. Brandon Marshall couldn't get it done as well. I mean, there's a lot of other factors, of course. Ryan Fitzpatrick being just uh, an abomination of quarterback play. But I, I think that the the fact that there wasn't a strong two there to help Brandon Marshall out really affected the play. Other free agent news, Deshaun Jackson went to the Bucs. Uh, Tags, you actually called this on the last show. I think it's a great fit oh, for Mike. We How are, do you feel about it? We are twinsies because on our prediction show, I also called Deshaun to yes. Tampa Bay. Yes. Two mics I, make a right. I loved it so much, just the, uh, the, the idea of him down there, I thought would be just so spectacular. You have Jameis... Freak, uh, who uh, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, tags if you know, but I believe the last two years that Jameis has led the league in air yards. So I mean, this guy just bombs it out. Uh, you have it improves the teams. You had Mike Evans, who was you know historically bad with yards after the catch, much like Hopkins a couple years ago. That doesn't overly concern me, but now you have to if you're playing a single safety high. You have to respect Deshaun Jackson. You can't just say, "Well, you have uh, you have Adam Humphreys over there." Whatever, you know, I'm, <laughs> we're going to put everything in. We're going to put everything on Mike Evans. Now you have Deshaun Jackson, who I believe has not lost anything. I mean, he's he's always dealing with injury, but when he he's, can play when he wants to, he just has to decide, right? It, it, and I think he's going to decide to play with. I think Jameis is. I think it's a a perfect match. His speed yeah. with Jameis, uh, the deep ball, and you have. It's just an elite monster of Mike Evans to protect Deshaun Jackson from, from getting taken out of the game. I love this move for Tampa Bay. The other free agent moves here, Dwayne Allen to the Patriots. Uh, I guess it wasn't exactly a free agent move. Is this just a backup plan for another Gronk injury? Is he actually going to be utilized game to game? The way they've done it in New England, they always use the, the number two tight end behind Gronk. It's sporadically like he'll have a touchdown every three games or so. Um, and honestly, when you look at Martellus Bennett, he was really a disappointment in New England, I would say. Um, he said that three touchdown game. Yeah. yeah, well, outside of that game, obviously. But, you know, you, you look <laughs> and that was with Gronk on the field. But when Gronk was off the field, you could argue that Scott Chandler performed better uh, when he was on the field in 2015 than Martellus Bennett did without Gronk in 2016. So for me, I mean, it, it was really odd. Dwayne Allen, he hasn't been the picture of perfect health in his career either. Uh, he was known as a touchdown guy at the beginning of his career, but to see Jack Doyle outperform him with Andrew Luck, a guy who loves to target the tight ends the last couple, like, you know, this coming into this year, I was a big believer in Dwayne Allen. I was like, you know, this is his chance with Fleener gone. His targets are going to be on the rise. He's going to get a lot of red zone opportunities because Andrew Luck always targets his tight ends over 20% of the time. The scheme didn't change there. I loved everything about it. And then I said, the only way that Dwayne Allen doesn't go off is if he gets hurt or Jack Doyle, you know, becomes a thing. And of course, Jack Doyle became a thing. And you have this journeyman that runs in his New Balance shoes taking over for Dwayne Allen, the guy who's supposed to be a monster in the red zone, the guy that they always rely on. I know Dwayne Allen had the three touchdown game against the Jets. I was in an airport watching that game. Um, but 
at the same time, I'm disappointed. I'm actually shocked that the Patriots made this move. It, it just, you took a bad contract off the book of the Colts. Did you just take a low blow at New Balance? No low blow. I'm just saying a low blow at uh, my, my lawnmower, my lawn cutting friend, Jack Doyle. <laughs> I'll tell you what, guys. If Bill Belichick thinks this is a good move, that means it's a good move. We, we just need to submit and move on, right? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you his, here's his stat line. Uh, 259 yards and six touchdowns. That was that was Timothy Wright a couple years ago. So look yes. forward to that. That makes sense. Yeah. I remember I remember that signing, and everybody was excited about Tim Wright going there. I do those those games of one reception for one touchdown and then nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, the 49ers also did a ton, but it was not very interesting stuff. Brian Hoyer, Pierre Garcon, they signed a good fullback. Am I wrong or should this excite 49ers fans at all? Um, I don't know if it should excite. I mean, I'm excited about the regime there. I think that they did get the front office right. Now, whether or not you believe in Pierre Garçon, Jeremy Curley, and Marquise Goodwin, I- I'm not going to I'm not gonna sit here and think that anybody thinks that that's okay. But at the same time, <laughs> the 49ers aren't really going anywhere. And there's, there's rumors that I've heard that they're almost waiting that year. They, they they signed Brian Hoyer. They may draft a quarterback, but they're they're waiting a year to see if Kirk Cousins because he can only he can't be franchise tagged again. He's been franchise tagged twice, so um, I'm I'm really interested to see if Kirk Cousins does end up in San Francisco, and then they kind of build around him from there. But this is a good class for to get some wide receivers. So I I, I actually I'm not going to judge them until I see what they do in the draft. Just hearkening back to what Kyle Shanahan can do with with quarterbacks and uh, Hoyer. I mean, he has some experience with him. It didn't go very well in Cleveland, but Hoyer over the last couple of years has given fantasy people some excellent, excellent games. He's a tremendous streamer. And don't forget that it was a couple of years ago, but Pierre Garcon led the league in receptions with Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. uh, running the Great offense. Call. So it's, uh, to me, it's very low key. But I think this this should be stuff that fantasy nerds are getting excited about because this is this is under radar stuff that mainstream players are gonna go. Well, Brian Hoyer sucks. Pierre Garcon is old. <laughs> like, yeah, let let people think that. Gobble these guys up in the late round and then get some production. Yeah. Guys, let's move on over to the combine. We're running out of time here. I want to start with the top tier running backs. You've got. Fournette, who obviously disappointed people, and then Joe Mixon on his pro day, who was awesome. And this makes me look really smart, right? Because Tags, you and I were talking about it. You said you want to take Fournette out on a date. I think Joe Mixon's <laughs> the best running back in this class. Does this make me right, or was it just one stupid day that doesn't mean anything? So hold on. Before we get too excited about the whole Mixon pro day, which was fantastic, by the way, um, I do want to say this. There are all, all of us are nerds, as Mike said. We're nerds. And we watch these combine and we want to translate it to the NFL. And if the, and if they actually, if these numbers actually did translate to the NFL, there would be so much more behind these combines. In reality, it's these, it's watching these guys out in the field. It's seeing their movements, seeing if things are natural, interviewing them. There's a lot, so there's a lot more to it than just the combine results because in the end, combine results are what they are. All these guys are athletes. Some of them move faster than others, especially John Ross. But for me, I'm still, it it really depends on team placement. I think somebody like Leonard Fournette would land extremely well on a team like Carolina, where Carolina, Cam Newton, he does not target running backs. Therefore, if you drafted somebody like Dalvin Cook or or Joe Mixon to Carolina, he's going to go underutilized in that portion of his game. Whereas Leonard Fournette, 
he won't because he's not much of a receiver. If you you know yeah. you move on to Christian McCaffrey, there are certain teams that fit certain players. But Joe Mixon, I'll tell you this: the more tape I watch on him, the the more the more excited I get, and it's really weird because I don't. It's almost like I don't want to like him for obvious reasons, but of course. But, but, at the, but at the same time, he he's a really he's a specimen of a talent, and um, he he he's going to make a team look really good when they draft him. They're going to go through some of the, you know, the the media showers that's going to follow drafting him, but he's going to be an excellent running back for a long time. So Mike, who do you think is the best running back in this class? Who's going to have the best career when we look back, I don't know, six, seven years from now? Oh man, it, my, the guy I like, uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm trying to look some stuff up here on, uh, I actually disagree on Fournette to Carolina. I don't. You have Carolina, who they ran out of the shotgun, uh, the the second most of any offense, and I don't think that really fits in to right. me when I'm watching Fournette. I don't think that that fits the uh, the the scheme. I like maybe he won't be the best, but I'm more intrigued every time I watch McCaffrey, every time I watch him run, and just the the things he does with his legs, right. And I mean that, that sounds he's like dynamic. A, that's it's a pretty funny statement, but he gets these machine gun legs going, <laughs> and they're just go like they're firing at such a rapid pace. And then he'll switch, he'll switch, and then all of a sudden he's striding and he's gliding like Arian Foster. And a lot of running backs don't have that understanding of 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 changing speeds, changing stride length, where you have Le'Veon Bell kind of transforming the running back position because of how he chooses to run behind the line and then hits that burst and and things change. I'm not clearly no one's calling McCaffrey he's going to be the next Le'Veon Bell, but he if he lands in the right spot with and and how dynamic and and uh uh natural he was catching the ball in yes. in drills, not just drills, but just on tape as well. I mean, he's very very well-rounded. That could end up in a place if, if where he can go end up going three downs, in my opinion. It's Green Bay, isn't it, Tags? <laughs> for McCaffrey? I don't I don't I don't know if they need that. I think they're gonna look for someone that can can carry the first and second down work. Um, you know, and uh, to, just to run back, Mike, and the whole Fournette thing to Carolina, I actually completely understand what you're saying. And that, that's one of those things I've looked at, but I also believe that Carolina is looking to change everything up. I think they're looking to sure. move away from their option offense. I think they're trying to have Cam Newton run less and less. Um, what he's done out of the shotgun hasn't really impressed anybody. So I, I, I think they may be looking to shake it up. And, and that's the thing. I don't, I, I agree with you. If they want to run out of the shotgun, Fournette's not the guy. You want to put him in an eye formation, kind of like an Adrian Peterson. I view him as that type of back. Me with McCaffrey, he's one I'm really torn on. I, I've heard a comp, uh, Reggie Bush, and I think that's a, a pretty fair comp to McCaffrey. My worries, wow. with, my worries with McCaffrey are this. He's an in-between-the-tackles runner, which is kind of odd for somebody his size. But he doesn't have much strength. Like his strength is really weak. Um, like he's not going to break any tackles inside the tackle box. So it's almost like you would want to go outside with him a little bit more. He catches the ball extremely well. That's why for me, I think he's an, a great, like like actually a really, really good timeshare running back that would be used more in a third down roll. Um, if the Patriots didn't have, you know, James White and Deion Lewis there, he'd be a great fit for them to use what they do in that offense. Um, I'm really curious to see where he goes because he's one of those guys that, Yes, you watch and you're like, I want to believe because of this college tape, but I just worry about his strength and where he excels up the middle. He has excellent vision, but he can't. I just don't see him breaking tackles. I think. I think if he gets hit by NFL linebackers, he's going to bounce backwards. 
Yeah, my my comp, my personal comp for him is actually Shady. That's who I, I feel like I'm watching. Wow. I like Shady. That's an impressive running back. That is a very good NFL running back. You heard back. it here Guys, first, this is, folks. <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, this is a great NFL running back class. I guess time will tell. I don't think the same is true about the wide receivers. He's got Mike Williams, John Ross, Chris Godwin. Do any of these guys impress you or stand out? I know, Tags, you mentioned John Ross, and he had a great combine, but he's probably not even going to go in the top 20, I don't think. Do you think any of them have a real nice uh, NFL career as a wide receiver one? Um, well, for me, John Ross was never going to be like the number one. I didn't think I, I view him as like a, a Deshaun Jackson type where he can pull the top off a of defense. And I like John. I like John Ross before the combine. I'm actually a little upset that he had such a good 40 time because it's going to raise his ADP and rookie mocks for, uh, eight, yeah. for ADP uh, for dynasty leagues. But at the same time, I want to see Corey Davis. I think my worry with John Ross is that his injury history is so bad. There is a lot of risk that comes with John Ross. Um, so that's why he's, I think he will drop out of the first round. Um, Corey Davis, I think he's probably my favorite receiver. He reminds me a little bit of Brandon Marshall when I watch him play. Uh, he runs strong after the catch. He's very aware of what's going on around him while he's catching the ball, where if like a defender's on his back, it's a juke step as he catches the ball you know, almost playing a defender. He plays games with them. Um, and then you have Mike Williams, who he kind of fits that prototype number one role, right? Mike, who's your favorite wide receiver in this class? I've liked Chris Godwin. A couple of things are really falling for him in in my favor. I mean, we I don't pretend to know everything, but when I'm watching a guy, you know, you're like, oh, I, I like this. I like, I like what I'm seeing. I think that this is a good player. All of a sudden, then the combine numbers, you're like, wow, that's that's extremely impressive. And then uh, we're we're working with Matt Harmon on his reception perception over at uh, thefantasyfootballers.com, and his his gushing love for Chris Godwin of how successful he is versus coverage. I mean, he, uh, Harmon talked about Chris Godwin is in, in in contested catches. Just this is an this is a guy who is being undervalued at this point, and I, unfortunately for dynasty players, the combine might push him up now. I, I feel like he's going to end up, he could have been a, you know, a late first-round guy, he, and now someone in the middle might be willing to reach for him. But Chris yeah. Godwin is a guy who all the pieces of, of, of what I'm seeing, all the pieces of people who I trust are falling together for him to be extremely interesting. And he's the kind of the guy where I want to know where he falls on top of, uh, of all these mock drafts saying that my Cardinals are going to pick up Corey Davis. I think that might be pretty interesting, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, that's all the time we have for today. Mike, really appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, no problem, man. All right, Tags. Take care. For those of you guys listening at home, we've got another show coming up next week. Tags and I are going to do the first mock draft, a super early mock draft. We're also going to talk about March Madness with Keith Goldner from over on numberfire.com. So make sure to tune in for that one. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve